0: Thank you. Let us remain standing just a moment, if you will, for prayer. Lord God, we thank Thee because that You have given us the privilege of seeing this great move of God among the people. And we pray that You'll continue to be with this people. And may this revival never cease. May it go from church to church and from person to person until Jesus Christ is made King and Lord of the whole group. Heal all the sickness tonight, Lord.
1: Yes, May there
0: not be one feeble person left in this building tonight.
1: Praise God.
0: May your Spirit be upon each and every one in such a way that they can see the Lord Jesus and all of his promises made true and made clear and plain to us in this last day. Lord, as we're going over the roads tonight, going to our different homes, you help us, Lord. Bless our gallant brother, Sullivan, yes. and all these other ministers who's cooperated. May their churches be on fire from this time hence. Yes. May many souls be born into the kingdom. All these who have lifted their hands and have stood to their feet and accepted Christ, may they find real good homes somewhere in good churches. And there remain your loving servants until you call them. Forgive us of our shortcomings. And if we have did or said or thought anything that was contrary to you, forgive us, Lord. Now we would ask you to break the bread again for us tonight. May we have divine fellowship around the Word. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me be seated. I say with Brother Bale, this has been one of the greatest meetings I have ever had in America for the Lord God. It has not been the greatest in number, of course, but it's been the greatest in fellowship, cooperation. Everybody seems to be one heart and with one accord. That's the way the Holy Spirit can move. I just wish we had about a month of this so that we could just stay until it's over. And if God willing, and it be your desire, I hope to come back to your lovely city sometime to be with you, fine people here in Ohio. (laughs) Thank you. That makes me feel real good and welcome. I hope when I come back that I'm not all worn out like I've been this time. With a rundown voice, I get about three weeks now of rest before going into a solid month with two days, I believe it is, or three days in the month, all New England states. And now, the Lord willing, after this service, we journey on towards Jeffersonville, our home, and that'll be my last service, and I believe next Sunday's Easter. That's when I'm to be twenty-five years old, you know, <laughs> so <that. laughs> Thank you. And i trusting that uh, the Lord will bless us, and to you Tabernacle folks around, Brother Neville, uh, the Lord willing, we'll have Easter sunrise service Sunday morning at the Tabernacle for you who are near. And then there'll be a message on the resurrection and a healing service, and we expect to be a real day of blessings from the Lord at the Tabernacle Sunday morning. And we trust that you here in Ohio and the different places will also have a great time Sunday morning and every morning from now till we meet our Lord in the skies. To to our brother Sullivan and to all the cooperating ministers. I want to thank you with all my heart. I thank you for myself and for my whole party. It's been a privilege to minister with you, brethren, and to have this fine fellowship. And to all you ministers from other parts of the country, and to you church members, the sons and daughters of God, how you have supported me with your faith and with your money. Billy was telling me on the road over that all things will be paid off. Don't owe nothing. The Lord has blessed us, and also Brother Vale wanted to thank you for a nice love offering for himself, and I want to thank you for my love offering. I appreciate it very much, and I trust that God will repay you a hundredfold, is my sincere prayer. And now, we want to say we appreciate the people letting us have this auditorium. I don't know whether any of their representatives are here or not from the school. And I certainly thank you, gentlemen, with all my heart. And I trust that every student that comes from this school will find Christ as personal Savior. That be my great, sincere prayer. And now, pray for us. If God willing, immediately after these meetings, then I go for overseas. to Africa and many different places in the foreign nations. And you be praying for me, won't you? And when the witch doctors are challenging, when the winds are blowing hot, persecution is strong, can I just think of Connors Hill in your pray I mean, not Connors, um, Middletown, you be praying for me, will you? All uh, right, thank you. I'll be praying for you. I shall never forget you. God bless you. I believe Brother Vail said as I come in, I told Billy that they give a little help to him tonight to go with me overseas. Billy wants me to express his thanks to each one of you. We thank you kindly, with all of our heart. We'll try with what's in us to do the right thing. You put your confidence in us, and we're going to do the best that we can to live as Christian man ought to before the world spending his money, doing that thing which is right, as far as God gives us grace to do. Now, I want to read some scripture. And in the scripture for closing, I had some subjects that I wished to preach on this week. I didn't get to them. One of them especially was come see a man, a little subject that I like. Believe us thou this, speak to the rock, handwriting on the wall, and church going before the tribulation, when the eagle stirs her nest, I just didn't have children enough to do it. So I had to take little amateur spots, and you've been so kind to bear with me long, knowing first that you have to bear just listen at me. And then with the hoarse voice makes it worse than ever. Thank you very kindly for your confidence. And now that's Anytime I see handkerchiefs and things that's been laid around, we pray over handkerchiefs. It's a great ministry. And now, if you didn't get yours in and you want me to pray over them, all right, you just send them to us, or just send for them at this Jeffersonville, Indiana, Post Office Box 325. There's no charges to nothing. If you don't want to put the Post Office Box, just William Branham, Jeffersonville, it'll get to me. And we'll send you a little cloth that we have prayed over. And you keep it in your Bible on Acts 19, the baby gets sick, you say, God, this represents a prayer of faith that's been prayed on my behalf. Then write your testimony. We just have wonderful healings like that. And we'd be glad to do it. Well, I'm not trying to get your address now, friends, because it's hard for me to get somebody to even answer, but I don't have any programs to sponsor or anything, that isn't it. We just send it to you absolutely free. Anything we can do to help you, you just let us know, we'll be glad to do it. Now before approaching the Word, well let's just have another word of prayer.
2: Lord God, this is your Word that we are approaching, no man, no matter how well
0: prepared he is, he's altogether insufficient to handle the Word of God. For it is of no private interpretation, as we read in the Scriptures, but it has been revealed by the Holy Spirit, and we would ask that the Holy Spirit would come tonight and interpret the word that we shall read, sink the seed deep into the hearts of the people, and that we might speak the right thing and hear the right thing, that God would be glorified while we ask that in the name of his Son, the Lord Jesus, Amen. I wish to read from Revelations tonight, the third chapter, and the twentieth verse. And this is addressed to the church age that we're now living, the Lady Ocean church age. And many of you, when you go home, I wish you'd just read that chapter through. But I wish to read for a text, the 20th verse, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. This is an unusual text. It gives us a picture of someone knocking at a door. I can't think just now who the artist was that spent a lifetime painting that picture of Christ knocking at the door. But after the picture was painted, you know, any famous picture has to go through the Hall of Critics before it can go in the Hall of Fame. That's the way the church is. The church first has to go through the hall of critics before it can be taken in the rapture and put in the hall of God's fame. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. So you see, you've got to be criticized, you've got to be made fun of. There's no other way around it. So this great artist, when he had painted this picture, And it was going through the critics. One critic, he said, sir, your picture is a wonderful picture. But there's one thing that you forgot in painting your picture. And the artist said, sir, what have I forgotten? He said, you've got Christ painted, his picture, his portrait looks very fine, and the building looks like uh, someone's home. But there is no latch on the door. So he's knocking on a door that doesn't have a latch. And the artist said, oh no, sir. You see, in this case, the latch is on the inside. And that is true. The latch is on the inside of your heart. It no matter how Much you see, or how much you say you believe, how religious you are, you must open your heart to receive Him. No one can open it for you. Your priest cannot, your pastor cannot, your mother or your daddy cannot, your sisters or brother cannot. You have to do that alone. And in this text tonight, it is addressing the Lady Church Age, which is the last church age. And did you notice, according to Scriptures, this might not agree with many people's theology? And that's all right, I could be wrong. Many times I'm wrong, no doubt. But just to what I believe that the last church age we're now living in. If you'll watch how. How the church ages come, one was a bright one, the other a little farther, a little darker, then the 1500 years of dark ages, then Luther, then Wesley, then Pentecost. And he was standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which represent the seven church ages, with his hands out and to look upon
2: as Alpha
0: and Omega, first and last. The highest candlestick was the darkest, of course. And in this last church age is supposed to receive the same light that they had in the first, Alpha to Omega. But the pitiful part in the Scriptures, we are learned here that he said, because you say, I am rich and am increased in goods. You see the condition of the church today? You're such a little old dried-up man and woman sitting here on the front seat who are my friends, brother and sister kidsen, our kid, I believe it is, who was preaching the gospel before I was born. And if I should call them to this platform tonight and let them tell you of some of their experiences down along the line where they went hungry kicked out of the cities and run out of the places for the cause of the gospel, they'll tell you tonight the church and all of its fine decoration and high spires is a thousand times colder than it was in that day. Lord, invite this little man and woman to your church sometime. Let them tell you the story of the early days, 50 years ago. But we think that we are better off now than we've ever been. We're worse off now than we've ever been. He said, because you say, I am rich and increased in good, and I have need for nothing. What is it? We have the best preachers, polished scholars, the best buildings, the best pews, some of the best organs, and singers, trained voices. I heard a good quartet singing as I come up. I love old time singing. I think there's nothing more beautiful than real good singing. And I hate to hear an overtrained voice. I hate to hear someone trying to sing that holds their voice till they're blue in the face and then just let out some sort of a squeak. You're not singing to the glory of God. You're trying to see how long you can hold your breath. I like old-fashioned, heartfelt Pentecostal singing with the hands in the air. If you couldn't carry a tune in a coal bucket, I think it's really heavenly. Singing in your heart, making melodies unto the Lord. That's the kind that God wants from your heart. If you can't sing, make a joyful noise to the Lord. The Scripture said so. Now, we notice also that he said, Because you say that you are increased in good and have need of nothing, knowest thou not that you are poor, you are blind, miserable, wretched, naked, and don't know it. If a man on the street that was poor, miserable, blind, wretched, if that man knew it, he'd try to hide himself if he was naked. He would try to get some clothes. He would try to make things better. And that would be a most pitiful sight, to see a man on the street that thinks that he's dressed well and that he's rich and he has need of nothing and naked and miserable, just enough religion to make him sick and don't know it, and yet we're told that the Pentecostal church will get in that condition. The last days. Increased in goods. Increase the in membership, which is all right. I have nothing against it. I thank God for it. But I'd rather be in a mission, beating a tambourine with a half a dozen people around and have the Spirit of God moving through that little bunch of people than to have the best church you got in the country and a bunch of just formal members. We know that is true. And if the man doesn't know it, Now he said, I counsel with thee. You know what a counsel is? It's when a man sits down and talks to each other. Sit down and talk it over, like you do with your family, like you do with your employer, like you do with your friend. Sit down and talk it over. And oh, that's what God wants tonight. With him, just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, all right. I counsel to thee to come to me and to buy some eyesight that thou might see. You know, when we were little kids down here in the state of Kentucky, we had a old clapboard house had cardboard shingles on it and. Have to take a piece of canvas and lay over her face to keep the snow out of her eyes. And we a little bunch of Branham's like a little bunch of possums, about six or eight in the same bed, and we would catch bad colds. And I don't know whether your baby ever had it or not, but her eyes used to matter, Mama would call it. Get stuck together, and when we wake up at morning we'd have to holler for Mama. We couldn't see because we'd had a bad cold, and my grandpa was a coon hunter. He hunted raccoons, and he used to render out the grease and make a little kittle of coon grease. And every time we'd get sore eyes or matted eyes from a bad cold, mama would go get this coon grease and rub it in her eyes so it would take the bad coal out and get the matter out of her eyes. That coon grease might work all right for a natural bad coal, but it won't work for this bad coal of some of these dress that the church has got into. you will have to get God's Holy Spirit eyesight to anoint the eyes of his church
1: and get all
0: of the... Cold out of your eyes. We've had some dress in the church lately. Gives you a bad cold and your eyes get stopped up. You know those who say the days of miracles is past and all them cold spells that goes through the church. Get your preacher out of the cemetery cemetery, uh, excuse me. I told you I was hoarse to begin. Well it's all the same place. It's right. If anything I ever felt sorry for was the incubator chicken. You know, you take a little chicken, the egg, and put it in an incubator, and you automatically hatch him out. And the poor little fellow don't know nothing but chirp. Not always you're in the mind of a seminary preacher, <laughs> where you turn him out by a big machine. And the little old chicken can chirp, 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 and ain't got no mammy to go to. That's just about the way with the, one of these incubator preachers. <laughs> That knows not a the We are Methodists. We are Baptists. We are so-and-so. Oh, what a disgrace. But God said, counsel with me and I'll give you some eyesight that'll open your eyes and you can see that you're miserable, wretched, blind, and naked and don't know it. Till so your eyes come open you'll never realize it. You've got to get your eyes open. Now this is a standing picture, and in the midst of all of this condition, yet Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Now what does a man knock at another's door for? He's knocking because he wants to gain entrance. He wants to speak with you. He wants to counsel with you. Talk things over. Or maybe do something for you, or ask something of you. And down through the age there's been many great men stand at doors. For instance, what if uh, in the days of Caesar, Caesar, Augustus Caesar, what if he would have went down to a peasant's house and knocked at the door? And that peasant would have come to the door, the poor man, And he had seen that great Caesar standing at the door, he'd have fell on his face. And he'd have said, "Oh, great Caesar, come into my house. You have honored me. Come in. If there's anything here that you want, you can have it. Ask me anything to do, I'll do it. Because you've honored me by coming and knocking at my door. Or what if a, a German soldier, a little footman, would have heard a knock at his door a few years ago, and standing at his door when he opened was the great Fuhrer of Germany, Adolf Hitler. This little fellow would have opened the door and would have looked and seen the great Hitler standing there. He would have come to attention with this German salute and no doubt with joy the tears running down his cheeks he had said great fear of Germany I've been blessed for you coming to my house come in if there's anything here that you want you can have it if there's anything that I can do
2: i would gladly
0: do it for you are the greatest man in Germany our say. What if President Dwight Eisenhower tonight come to the door of the best Democrat there is in Middletown? You'd feel honored. Why? He's the President of the United States. He's one of the greatest men there is in the nation. You might differ with him on politics, but any of you good Democrats would like to have the honor of having President Eisenhower to visit your house, you'd say, come in, Mr. Eisenhower. I'm not worthy that you'd come into my house, but you just make yourself welcome, sir. Anything that I can do, just tell me and I'll do it. Or just recently, the Queen of England made a visit here to the United States. And what if she were to come down here in Middletown? or one of your cities where you're from, to your house. And you'd heard a knock at the door, and you'd went to the door, and she would have said, I am the Queen of England. Oh my! You would have said, welcome in, Your Highness. And if there's anything in my home that you want, you can have it. Though you're not her subject. But it's because of her importance. She's a queen and the greatest queen on earth as far as it comes to nations. The most powerful queen. And any of you women would have been honored to have the queen of England at your door. And you know what would have happened if she would have done that the next day? The television would have packed it. The newspapers would have packed it. That the Queen of England humbled herself to come to your home. But oh, who's more important than Jesus? Who's any greater than he is? And who's more turned away than he is? Think of it just for a moment. Higher might be wanting something from you, but Jesus wants to give you, on his call, the best thing that was ever given on the earth, eternal life. All this cruel-hearted world, it well expressed itself when it said, give us Barabbas and take Jesus. They'd do the same thing tonight. They would murder if there was a law against it. The Bible said they would. It expressed itself when it turned Jesus down. Now, Jesus can knock on your heart and you tell your neighbor about it. He said, now, wait, wait, wait. You're going off on the deep end. And if you would accept it, criticize you and make fun of you. And if the newspapers had anything to say about it, it would be critical you can bet on that. Who's more important, the Queen of England or the Lord Jesus Christ? We appreciate our newspapers. But if we in this revival got anything from the newspaper, you have to pay for it. And then it has to be censored before it's rolled up. And what's newspapers for? To inform the public what's going on. That's what free press is for. But Jesus has saved hundreds of people in here this week. Many has been healed and tucked from chairs and cots. Heart trouble, blindness and sickness has left the people. And there's not a matter about it. But remember, all the great tally books in glory, every bit of it's thrown out, and it's publicized all through glory amongst the angels and the ones you are beyond. Knock at the door. Lord, I stand and knock. If any man will hear my voice, I'll come in and suck with him and he with me. Now you say, Brother Brandon. I've already done that long time ago. I let Jesus in a long time ago, so many say that, but brother, sister, when Jesus comes in you're willing to let him be your Savior, but that's good, I appreciate that. But when he comes in he wants to be welcomed, he wants to be your Lord. Lord is rulership, ownership. He comes in not to be Lord, to dictate your life, but to give you the best that there is for you. You will let Him come in. You don't want to go to hell. But you won't let Him be your Lord. You let Him be your Savior, but not your Lord. And then I find that in the human heart, there's a lot of... Actually, he's got one door open to come in. Would you feel welcome at my house if you knocked on the door and I said, step in. And you say, Brother Branham, could I be welcome? Oh, no. You stand right here. Tell me what you want. If I come to your house and you welcome me in, say, Brother Branham, welcome in. Or I come in, take off my shoes, sit down, put my feet up in the chair, go out the icebox and get me something to eat, go across the bed and eat it.
1: I'd feel welcome
0: if you told me I was welcome. And when Jesus comes in, He wants to be welcome. But we've got little secret doors, little bitty doors in our heart that we don't want Jesus in. Over to the right hand side of the human heart after Jesus gets in, is a little door called pride. Oh, I will receive him as Savior. Don't you try to tell me the way I have to dress and the way I have to do. Oh, if I have to let my hair grow out, if I have to stop smoking cigarettes or quit going down to the pool room, I don't want nothing to do with it. Don't worry, he won't stay long. Pride. There's another little heart door in there called your own private life. You don't want nobody dilly-dallying with that. I live my life, I do this, that, or the other. It's nobody's business what I do. Haven't you heard that old proverb? But I tell you, you are not your own. You are bought with a price and you belong to God. You have no right to your own privacy. God should know everything, and He does know everything that you do. And He should have a right to that door. And there's another door in there, and that door is called faith. Oh, that is quite a door. You say, now look, oh, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. But I don't believe that today's miracles are today. I just can't believe it. He wants to get in that door. If he can ever open that door and stand there as Lord, brother, you will believe every word God wrote in his book. But how are you going to do it when he got some kind of a church laws tacked up on the door? Stay away, Jesus. Don't you try to tell me of that old stuff that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can stand out, I don't want to go to hell, I want to be popular in church, but you can't control me because I know better, I'm a scientist. Reminds me of one day, I was herding cattle up in the mountains, and I went hunting that fall for elk, way high. And the storms hadn't come yet to run the elk down in the lowlands. And for about 35 miles, there was nobody but myself and the rancher, and he went the other way. We was going to meet in three or four days, and just to watch how God works. And there come up a storm that time of the year around October in Colorado. It'll rain a while, then it'll freeze, and then it'll snow, and then it'll rain, the sun will shine. And it come up such a storm of twisting and blowing. And I got behind a tree and stood back there. And as the storm was passed, I come out, listened, and away back down through the valley. I heard the old bull elk begin to bugle. Brother Roy Roberson, you know what I'm speaking on? It had scattered the herd. Oh, just to hear that call, I began to weep. And way back up towards Ethel Creek, I heard an old coyote begin to holler, and the mate answered in the valley, my mother's a half Indian, and there's my conversion never it away from me. Oh, I love nature. I begin to weep, and I notice the sun setting, shining through the crevice of the rock, reflecting against the evergreen scrolls, and it formed a rainbow. And I said, oh, that's him, the seven colors, the seven church ages, alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending. And I got so happy till I almost had a spasm. I ran around and around and around the tree just as hard as I could screaming to the top of my voice. If somebody would have been out there, they thought a maniac was in the woods, thought I would die of the insane institution. But I didn't care what anybody thought. I was worshiping the Creator. And I looked again, and around and around the tree I went again. I thought, oh, it's good to be here. It can be easy to build three tabernacles. But as I stood, I thinking, oh, great Jehovah, how great you are. And I heard a little pine squirrel. I don't think you have him in this state. It's a little bitty stick of about that, long, Little bushy tail is the blue coat policeman of the woods. The noisiest thing you ever heard. And he had his little head cocked sideways, sitting on a stump by an old blowdown, down. Just chatter, 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 chatter. And I thought, what's he so excited about, little fella? And I wondered what, it, but I noticed he wasn't looking at me. He cocked his little head sideways and looked down. And I noticed the storm had blown a big old eagle down in there. Big brown eagle. And he came out from under the the tree limbs, jumped up there, and looked around at me. I thought, Lord, what did I scream when I was shouting? I thought, what do you think about me? You think I'm crazy? And he kept moving his big wings. And I thought, then, Lord, why did you send that eagle? and stop me from shouting and praising you, the great Creator who makes that rainbow. And I thought, surely it's for some purpose. And as I looked at him, I happened to notice. I said, old oh, fella, did you know I could shoot you? Those great, big, gray eyes looked at me and looked back. He wasn't afraid of me. For I noticed him moving his wings, seeing if every feather was just in place. I thought, there it is, Lord. He's not scared. As long as them wings isn't working order, he knows he could be in them treetops where I could even touch my gun. In a God-given eagle wings and he's got faith in it to get away from trouble, how much more of a man that's born of the Holy Ghost? As long as we know Christ is in here, what difference does it make for what the world's got to say? Or what anybody says? I watched him. He wasn't scared of me, but he wasn't scared of that little chipmunk, little squirrel, switching that little tail and barking. After a while he just got enough of it. He made a great big jump, dropped his wings about twice in his beyond the timber line. And then I watched him. He didn't keep flapping. He just learned how to set his wings. And every time the wind would come up that canyon, he'd go higher, 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 until it became just a little spot. I stood there weeping like a baby. I said, "That's it, Lord. It's not jump from Methodist to Baptist and Presbyterian to Lutheran. It's not from one healing service to another. It's just setting your wings and your faith wings." In the power of the Holy Ghost, and when a wave comes in, just ride right on up, on up, on up, until you get sick and tired of it. you're just chatter here, chatter chatter there. The days of miracles is past. Everybody's holy Ghost, Nothing to them. Just set your wings in his power and ride right out of here on them great wings of the Holy Spirit. All oh, that faith wings just to know how to set them. And when the Holy Spirit begins to ride in, ride with it. The tide comes again, mount up. The first thing you won't know, that neighbor is saying, oh, you're going to be a holy roller. You never got healed. you will just ride right on a pass, all those old critics. Chatter, chatter here, chatter, chatter there. No such thing as divine healing. Nobody ever got healed. Give $1,000 to anybody, show such. Just turn your head from it and ride away. That door he wants to stand in it. And there's another door, that's your eyes, the door of your eyes, if he can ever get your eyes open. As I told you a while ago, the church has got a spiritual cold, and during the spiritual coldness, a draft got on their back, and they've got sore eyes, cold in them, the children of God, and they need a good and of the Holy Spirit they come down and put the salve in their eyes, that they might open their eyes to see the glory of God. The church can't understand, this American people, brother, the queen of Sheba will rise in her day and condemn this generation, Jonah will rise and condemn this generation. We are so used to getting everything handed to us on a platter. We want entertainment. If the church hasn't got a whole lot of shindigs and vocal games and social parties and picnics and soup suppers, it's a shame. We need our eyes open.
1: A good passion, Holy
0: Ghost greasing is what we need. A good sweating up. We used to have a little wagon. It would go squeaking. Every time we'd start to move it, it would squeak because all the spokes was all dry. And every time you start to roll it, it would squeak and bump and carry on. But you know the best way to do that wagon is pull it out in the water and let it sit there till it swells up. Then it gets tight and it don't squeak anymore. What the church needs tonight is a real good pulling out in the fountain filled with blood gone from Emmanuel's veins where sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stain, and lay there till they're so swelled up so tight with the Holy Ghost to quit squeaking and squawking and saying the days of miracles is passed. We can't pack the load. They'll turn us out as fanatics. What do you care what the people does? Let the people turn you out, God will turn you in. said is on the list. Listen closely now as we've got ten minutes. The people of the American people
1: don't realize
0: that what they have had, there's been Billy Grimm's, Jack Shewers, Oral Roberts, and many great men passed through our lands, great servants of Christ, them with many more. And yet we stand with more barrooms and more whiskey, more cigarettes, and the church getting farther away from God every year. Why? It's, you've seen miracles. You've seen signs. You've seen the sign of His resurrection. You see His power to heal. You see the signs in the skies. Here a long ago when Billy and I entered into India, I wrote a piece in the paper. And it said something happened just a day before that earthquake comes. And India doesn't have wire fences like we have. They have rock fences. And before the earthquake comes, all the little birds that had their nests in those fences and those great big buildings, they flew out in the middle of the woods. And all the cattle and the sheep that stood around in the, out of the sun in those, around those fences. They all went out in the middle of the field in the sun and stood still. God had given them an instinct to let them know beforehand to get away from those walls, just like He did in the days of Noah. And if they, by instinct, could tell that destruction was at hand, how much more ought the church to do with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? But we don't see it. One time there was a man who was going for a rest down to the sea. And he said to his people, I want to go down to the sea to take a rest. I've never been there. And on his road down he met an old salt coming from the sea. And this old salt sailor said to him, Sir, where are you going? He said, I'd go down to the sea. I have never seen it. I'd go down to rest. He said, to smell its salt water, to watch the great briny waves lick up, and the big white caps break, and to feel the refreshing of the salt air, and to hear the wild gulls as they scream over the ocean. Oh, I'm sure, he said, it'll be so restful. And the old sailor said, look, sir, he said, I was born on that sea. I was raised on that sea, and I don't see nothing so thrilling about it. Why? He had been in it so long till he got used to it, and it offered him no more thrill. And that's what's the matter with the Pentecostal church. It seemed the baptism of the Holy Ghost like its people— It's seen them change from street walkers to godly, saintly women. It's seen men come out drunkards, alcoholics, and make preachers and gentlemen. And it's seen the great powers of God moving and working and signs and wonders until it's become so common till the Pentecostal church will hardly walk across the street to see the glory of God. It's too common. But just remember, there's coming a time— When you'll go from the east to the west, from the north to the south, trying to find it and you won't find it. The Bible said so. He's so good to us. This nation has been shook from pillar to post, from east, west, north, and south in the past 40 years. It's had every Bible sign that was ever performed, the dead's been raised, the blind sees, the deaf hears, the dumb speaks, the cripples walk, the Holy Ghost manifests, all nine spiritual gifts. Great revivals, changing souls, tens of thousands converted to Christ, and still now it's got to a place It's cooled off. It got big churches. It's not persecuted so hard. The people got a whole lot of money. They go buy great big, fine churches and take the fire off the pulpit and put it down in the basement. Just like the rest of the churches. Oh, we just don't know how good he's been to us. And India, how I would see those little mammies standing out there on the street with their little belly all swelled out with their babies and saying, Feed my baby. Even if I die, let the baby eat. Nothing to eat. I had about $1,500 I collected around. I wasn't putting it in those societies. A guy with a big cigar is bound the $500 ring. The money that I give, I take it and do it myself, and I know I am to answer to God it's the truth. And I had about $1,500, and I changed it and got some rupees. And I went out on the street to give it to the poor people who needed it. And they had to get a militia to get me in. And Billy and I stood at the window and them poor mothers and kids dying to die like cardboard and take them out and put them in a salamander and burn them up. No John fourteen, of so the artists, dump them in, cremate them. That's all they die on the streets. We would drop those down them poor lepers and no arms. Crow and run down the street to get a little bit of curry to eat. And so stinking. They didn't have arms. Some of them had to lick on the street where they worship cattle and veins and dirty and filthy. And do you mean that a just God can stand and let us do the way we're doing? and get by with it, God would have to raise up Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize for burning them up if this nation don't receive judgment. We're at the end, road, friends. All our atomic bombs and everything ain't going to help one thing. There's only one place of safety. That's in Christ. We're at the end. God showed His great signs. He's been merciful to us. And we don't recognize it. Oh, that God would open our eyes. Down in South, we had an old colored preacher down there that was a fine old fellow. And there was an old boy that he hunted with. His name was Gabriel. But we called him Gabe for short down in Louisiana. And he was a good boy, but we couldn't get him straightened out with the Lord. The pastor tried. His, mu- his wife and his mother prayed for him, but old Gabe just wouldn't stay lined up. So he liked to hunt, and the pastor liked to hunt too. And one day they went hunting, and old Gabe couldn't hit the side of the barn. But that day he'd shot so much game that it had rabbits and birds hanging all over him. On the road back that evening, as he was waddling along behind the pastor. And his gun on his shoulder, he's looking at all the birds and the rabbits and the things that he had got. And he, coming around an old familiar path, he watched the sun going down. And he tapped the pastor on the shoulder. And the pastor turned around and said, Did you touch me, Gabe? He said, Yes, Parson, I touched you. And he said, Gabe, you're crying. So what's the matter? He said, Parson, You see that son going down under, The yes, babe. What's so unusual about that? You've noticed the sunset all these years. You were born and raised in this country. He said, but, Parson, I realize that my son's a setting too. And he said, Parson. Oh, it's Sunday. And you're going to find me right down at the morning's bench in the morning. Then I'll try to get me a seat back there with my wife. I'm going to be a faithful member of your church until God calls me from this world. And the pastor said, well, Gabe, you know I appreciate that, and God only knows how I appreciate that. He said, but Gabe, your wife has prayed faithfully. Your own mother, before she went away, she prayed faithfully. Your daddy did the same. I've hunted with you. I've been at your house for dinner. I prayed with you, but why the sudden change? What happened all at once? He said, "Parson, just look here at the game, my God.' He said, "You know, Parson, I- I'm not no good shot."
2: He said, "I, I couldn't hit nothing, but suddenly you know, the Lord was the last one would give it to me. That's it." The Lord loves me, or He wouldn't be giving you these things. Can't you recognize that it's His mercy here in America? He's giving you the best of in heaven. Can't you recognize it? He don't have to turn back and do the things that He did. He don't have to do these things, but He does it because He loves you. He don't have to heal your sick. He don't even have to save yourself. You can just go on to torment. But he loved him, and he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever said that the living should not perish, but have eternal life. Won't you think of his goodness while we bow our heads just a moment to prayer? Our sister will give us a card on the organ. I want to thank you, sister, you and brother King, for your kindness to see. You ushers and all. All oh, that old organ music. My raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. In the cross,
0: in the cross be my glory ever. I wonder tonight how many sinners here quickly. Well recognize that God's been so good to you. The other day when you almost had that wreck, that was him, saved you. You remember when baby was so sick, wife was sick, the doctor said, well, boy, I don't know whether they will pull you or not, but they got well. That was that? That was God's goodness. The boss had to lay off somebody, but he didn't lay off you, that was God's goodness. He's so close to you, so good to you, don't you recognize it's him? Will you quickly
2: put up your hand and say, Forgive me for being so military." God bless you, young man. God bless you over here, son. God bless you. That's right. Oh, my, hand. Know that God's been good to you. How about some of you church members who seem so cold and farmer or against you? Unless you've heard the news, God's been good to you. You wouldn't be sitting here tonight if God wasn't good to you. Here's such a man sitting here in wheelchairs. You'd be in a
0: wheelchair too if God wasn't so good to you. I believe God's going to be good to these men tonight and take them out of their wheelchair. These on crutches and crippled, sick, afflicted, blind, heart trouble. Oh, won't you put up your hand and say, God be merciful just now. I realize that I've mistreated you, I've not stood. God bless you young lady sitting here, keep waving your hand. God bless this lady and the mother and the little baby. God bless you, sir. Middle-aged man way back in the back, the lady, young man over to the left. God be with you. Up in the balconies to my left. Up in there. God bless you. That's right. All up in there. God be merciful. All around the sides. Down the second balcony to the left. God bless you. That's good. God bless you little man. God bless you, sir. God bless you lady. All right. God bless you little man back there. Balconies to the left. The upper balcony and lower. Would you just say, God bless you back there lady, I see you colored brother and sister. That way up in the balcony there, God bless you over to the left, that's good. The balcony's upper and lower to my right, would you raise your hand saying, God be merciful. I, I, I don't realize, God bless you back there brother, God bless you up young man, God bless you west way back there in the corner, those teenagers, all right back in here, God bless you young lady, you, you sister, you sister, God bless you. What do you do when you raise your hand, you accept Christ? God bless you, sir. The man with his hand up in the back. The gray hair. Oh, my. Right quietly. Let's just really pray. Let's just search out ourselves for a minute. While we sing, Jesus keeps me near the cross, there's a the precious fountain. Real slowly now. Be in prayer.
2: Jesus keeps me near
0: yeah. As he speaks to you, raise your hand. Just
1: found
2: free to walk.
0: every lost soul here down to the cross just now. it, Lord, may they bathe in His goodness and His holiness just now. Forgive every sin in the building, Lord. We confess our sins. We've been wrong. Oh, eternal God, before this song is played sometime in the funeral parlor and mothers weeping over the children, father over mother, mother over father. So, though they'll never meet again, may they now set it forever. May they find the cross just now, the Christ that was crucified, to open up a fountain in the house of David for the cleansing of the unclean. Grant Father. as will. Make every soul to be aware of Christ. May there not be one sinner left in the building, Lord, but what will be saved. Every backslider called back just now. While you stand with your wings over the building, we can feel your presence. We know that thou art here. We thank you for their salvation. May they stay sweet until the day they are called home. Let their glory in the cross be... heads bowed. Now, how many accepts Christ right now freshly into their heart? Raise your hands. to Him just now. Brother Brandon, my decision's made. I am going now from this hour on to serve Christ the best of my knowledge. I've been slow and dilatory. I am now going to give Christ my heart, my life. All that I have belongs to Him now. Would you consecrate yourself for raising your hands? All over the building, everywhere now. Let your hands up. God bless you. God bless you. That's very good. God bless
2: you. That's good. Mm. Rest the
0: now, Lord God, this is all yours now. They are the fruit of the message. I pray, God, that you'll keep them in perfect peace whose hearts are stayed upon you, for you promised you'd do it. May they live long, happy lives. And in that great day when the rapture comes, if I never get to shake their hand here on earth, may I
2: see them there in that
0: rapture as we meet each other just before going up to meet the Lord in the air. Grant, Lord, that they'll be kept under your power and there are love gifts to your Son from the Father. No man can pluck them from his hand. We commit them to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's say my faith looks up to thee. Right now, everyone together. Just for the glory of God. I just hate to leave somehow.
2: My, my faith looks up, up to thee.
0: Thou Lamb of Calvary. This is a time to worship. Just worship it.
2: Say, yeah.
0: messages sometimes are so cutting with the Word, but then, you know, after we've all been corrected and standing guiltless in the presence of the Father, resting upon the grace of the Lord Jesus, I just love to raise my hands and worship Him. Don't you like to do that? How many bleeds in that raise up your hands? Oh, my, just worship in song. It's time for the prayer line now. Now the great anticipation sets in. I trust that you believe Brother Vail has laid the foundation, perhaps before I got here, telling you what to look for. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Think of the one that we worship, now we see that He sure he's forgave our sins. He's sweet and kind to us. Now let him appear in you and in me and work his works as he promised to. I want every one of you, every person in the building. Now, we only have about a hundred cards out. I can't call them all. And I know there is such a thing as laying hands on the sick, I believe that. But you bear me record, that's a Jewish tradition. That wasn't to the Gentile church. The Jews said, come lay your hands on my child, she'll live. The Gentiles said, I'm not worthy that you'd come under my roof, just speak the word.
1: There you are. Now
0: we're Gentiles. And our days are finishing. And the same Jesus that was there showing the kind of signs that he was Messiah, or the Jews recognize it. He never done it through the Gentile age. Now here he is in the Gentile age, at the ending of the Gentile age, doing the same thing for the Gentiles that he did for the Jews. Speak the word, Lord, I'll get well. Speak the word. My brother will live, my sister, my wife, my daughter, my baby, my father, my mother, Just speak the word. See if you will do it. Just to get a few people up here. Now, please, give us just about 15 minutes or 20. Then, you see, my ministry is not as Brother Roberts and many of them. Brother Roberts is a wonderful man of God. His ministry is laying hands on the sick. He'd line up four or five hundred of you and bring you through here, laying hands on you, laying hands on you. That's his ministry. Someone said, Brother Branham, Well, Brother Roberts will pray for hundreds before you pray for three. That's correct. That's good. But look, Brother Roberts does what God tells him to do. I have to do what God tells me to do, see? So that's the difference. Now, we're both servants of Christ to serve you in the capacity that God has anointed us for. Now, you out there, many of you won't be called in the prayer line, because I can't call you all. I have no way of knowing who's going to be on the platform. The boys come down, mix the cards all up and give them to you each night. I come down, you say, uh, give me a card that I'll be called in the line. That boy couldn't do it. He don't know where the line will be. First thing is cards is all mixed up. How many has been there and watched them give out prayer cards? Let's see your hand. See? Mix the cards right up before you, go around and give it one, two, or whoever wants them. Is that the way they do it? Say, Amen. Then we don't know who's going to be who. Then I come down and still I don't know. I just say, well, I just start from somewhere and here we come up. Whatever's up here. Then when the Holy Spirit begins to move and the people get settled down, usually there's a new group each night. How many share sure for your first time? Let's see your hands. All over the building, your first timers. Look at that. Half the building. Each night it's that way. Now, see, and when the Holy Spirit begins to move, then the people can touch him. How many believe that he's the high priest right now that can be touched for the feeling of your infirmity? Well, if he's the same high priest, he'll have to act the same way. Now, remember this, take me on record, that when a situation arises, don't forget this now, you ministering, brethren, when a situation arises and God acts on that situation, the way he acts the first time, he must act every time when that same situation arises, or he acted wrong when he acted in the first place. How many understand that say, Amen? See? See? We learn more as we grow, our, our generations are smarter, as the Bible says. But God isn't any smarter. He's infinite to begin with. Infinite. And we're finite. So He's perfect to begin with. He's no smarter than He ever was. He can't be any smarter because He's, he's, the, he's the very fountain of intelligence. So when he acted and raised the brass serpent for an atonement for the sickness, he has to do the same thing today, and he has. Jesus Christ, his son. The, the brass serpent didn't pray for anybody, neither did it lay hands on anybody. But they looked and lived. And that's what you do tonight. Look and live. His presence is here. Let us call a few people. Now get your prayer cards out. See, he, he told me once, but I forgot what it was. See. Prayer card C, like in Christ. Prayer card C. And let's begin where? Let's begin with number one. Who has C number one? The lady back there. Number two. Stand quickly. Help me here, if you will, somebody. C number one, number two, who has it? The gentleman coming down the balcony. Number three, C number three, would you put up your hand if you can? Look at your neighbor.
2: Somebody, Brother tell them you up those stretchers or wheelchairs eh? there? Oh, right, we got prayer cards one and two, but not three. There, God
1: granted
0: it to you. All right, now this while they're waiting for him to come, I see two more men coming it, uh, that may be someone who uh, has come in was out in the, one of the rooms or something. I think we're all about, where were we just stopped at, 15? Yeah, see there, I you get that many lined up anyhow. All right. How many believe that the Lord Jesus remains the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's right here, the only difference in him, he doesn't have a carpal body. And how many believe that he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches?
1: Right.
0: Now the vine doesn't bear fruit, the branch bears fruit. And the only hands that he has tonight is our hands, the only eyes he has is our eyes. And he's here in the form of the pillar of fire, the resurrected Christ. How many believe that so? Say amen. amen. That's what the Scripture says. The same Lord Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never, I say, all right. My son said that all prayer cards has, a, has appeared but what? Three and five. Prayer cards three and five. Are oh, they back in the hall back there? I see a group of people back there with. They come in a little late and then they say, well, my card was called nobody told me. You've looked around everybody's card and they're all right. Okay. That's good, sister. That's right. Look around. That's good. All right. Now let us quieten down just a moment now and pray. All right. Real reverend. Now do you see where I'm standing? If anyone wishes to take my place, I'll walk away from the platform. I'll be glad to surrender it to any brother that wants to come and thinks that it's not real and can do the same thing, come. It's a gift. It's a gift sent from God. To what? To make the people see that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now it doesn't take many people, one hour, to settle it. How many believes it? One. Firmly proved. When Moses went out in Egypt, he performed that sign one time before Israel and they marched out with him. You know that's right. Every time he met an Israelite, he didn't say, look here, watch my hand, leprosy, healed. No, no. He did it once and that was enough. All of them believed him. But God's a good God. Now here's the lady standing here. That I do not know. The woman, as far as I know, is a is just absolutely I just don't know her. We're strangers, I suppose. Is that right, lady? Yes, She's been at another place at one of my meetings, but she says she doesn't know me and I don't know her. Just being in a meeting like someone come say, I wasn't and uh this city and we'd be in new york you sat way back up the balcony or somewhere how would i know who you were and besides if i knew you ever so much god reveals secrets that nobody but you and him knows now if i said to the lady she might be a, she might be a stranger she could be an atheist she could be a critic if she is watch what happens how many would that the winds are meeting to see that critic, that preacher, that packed him out paralyzed and he's still paralyzed, come on the platform, thought it was some kind of a psychology and wrote on his card that it was such and such and stuff, come up on the platform, the Holy Spirit said, you're lying. You put on your prayer card down there a certain thing, you put TV and all this stuff on there. Now because you've done it, you're a certain denominational church called to and I said, last night you sat with your wife, and that man there with the red tile sat with your table with a green thing pulled over the table, Now I said, now what you put on your prayer card you have. This man run down left I said, God be merciful, brother Ben, that is the truth. They took him out paralyzed, and he's still paralyzed. Seen him take all kinds of diseases. How many knows of that scripture? How many knows some vagabonds one time went out thought they could cast out a devil? You remember that? And the evil spirit come up on them. Certainly. How many knows the leprosy? They come off a of name it goes from one to another. Now, if the Lord God hears a man and woman our first time meeting in life, now if the woman's sick and I could heal her and wouldn't do it, I'd be a hypocrite. But I couldn't heal her if she is sick. But if Jesus is standing here, I'd be careful, but listen, Jesus was standing here, He could not heal her. Or He's already done it. He redeemed her from her sickness, redeemed her from her sins when He died at Calvary, and if you're redeemed, that settles it. How many knows that? It has to take her personal faith in Him. That's right. Now, sister. If the Lord will provide and will tell me something that you know whether it's right or not, you'd be the witness of that. And if he'll do that and you know that I don't know you, then just like he did to the woman at the well or so forth, would you believe with all your heart? How many artists have promised God that they'll believe, if the Lord will grant that, would you raise your hands and say, I promise God to believe. Here's my hands and the woman's hands, too, that we've never met before. Now you out there with our prayer cards keep looking this way in praying. You're awfully nervous. It's the audience. Not only that, but you are nervous to begin with. That's your makeup. And because of that, being nervous, you've got some kind of a trouble, inward trouble, which is in the bowels. It's correct. And then you're all worried about something, concerned about someone else that isn't here. If the Lord God will reveal to me what that someone has, will you believe it's your son? He's just a lad, a boy of about 12 years old, and he's got heart trouble. Or I see a doctor holding a stereoscope over the top of his heart, and they're holding a console, and the doctor's wants to operate on that heart. That's and you're scared about it. And you are—you don't come from this city. You're from a city where there's a big park and some kind of a like a, a races or something being run in it, and there's a great big park uh, where you live. It's Connersville, Indiana. That's correct. Thus saith the Lord. Do you believe with all your heart? Then go and find it. It'll be just as you have believed. Jesus Christ granted to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. God is good. Do you believe now? Now it should be settled. Should be settled. Now just have faith, don't doubt. Out in the audience believe. The Bible said, if thou canst believe. We are strangers, I believe, sir. I don't guess we've ever met, have we? Years ago. ago. I don't know you, in other words. Now, here's the man. See the scene of the woman at the well? Here's the scene of Philip going finding Nathaniel and bringing him up. I have no idea what that man's standing there for. Not a bit more than nothing. Brother Neville, there's a lady sitting behind you that's a praying. When I spoke that, there was a light hanging above her, and as soon as I said that, the light fell down on her. She realizes right now that there's something happened, a real sweet, humble feeling. It'srouded around a woman. If that's right, raise your hand, lady. Am I a stranger to you wave your hand? If God will reveal to me what you were praying about, will you receive it? You're praying for your son, and your son has a heart trouble, and he's got a black shadow over him for death. No, I beg your pardon, lady. He's a sinner. The dark shadow you your praying for the salvation of his soul. That's what that dark shadow is. Raise your hand if that's true. Hallelujah. I challenge her faith in God. Ask the woman, what did she touch? Nothing. What caused it? Was that faithful pastor sitting there praying? I don't think so. It was her faith that did that. You just believe. You're aware that something's going on, sir. You're not from this city. You're at a city where there's a big lake near it, and you got a ballpark, looks like Cleveland to me, Ohio, that's where you're from, and I see you in a pulpit, you preacher. Exactly right. But you're not standing here for yourself. It's for somebody else. It's a woman, and she's in another city, and that city is a small city, and there's a lot of pine trees growing around it, and there's a—it's on a kind of a hillside, and their main center courthouse, it looks like Kentucky, or it's Tennessee. It's Cleveland, Tennessee. Thus saith the Lord. Exactly right. I'm your mother-in-law. Has eczema. It's a nerve condition. She's got her broke out. She's got a lot of complications, and you're standing in her stead. You believe that handkerchief you got in your pocket over your heart? Send it to her. Don't doubt. She'll get well. God bless you. Let's say thanks be to the living God. You just have faith. Don't doubt. I'm a stranger to you lady. do you believe the Lord God will grant these things? You are you're here for somebody else, and that somebody else is somebody who played with you when you were young, like a brother, and the man is crippled. He never fell, neither was he paralyzed from paralysis, but it was a blood disease that made him crippled, and you're standing for him. Do you believe he's going to get well? Then you shall have what you have believed, go as God grant it to you, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm a stranger to you ladies. You are standing here for someone else. And that lady is in a hospital, been very sick, cancer, and the doctors can do no more. And you're in need of prayer too, because you've got a heavy heart. But God knows the secrets of the heart. Do you believe He can tell me what your heaviness is about? It's because you want a baby, and I see two dark shadows. You've had two miscarriages in your time. That is correct. And now a spirit. Can't you see that moving from this woman to that old woman sitting there? Look here. That old woman sitting on the corner. She's suffering with a spinal trouble, and the reason is coming one from another, you're from a place called Richmond, Richmond, Indiana. Go home and find so, and lady, the old lady on the corner from Richmond, Indiana with your spinal trouble. I had a hard time getting here, didn't you? All right, you can go back home and be well now, Jesus Christ has healed you both. You can go on your road and rejoice and be made well. I had no idea who you are. Just a moment, the lady that moved her fur around her just then, sitting right here. No, it's
2: the little lady next to you with a heart trouble. All right, sister. You can go home now.
0: Bless your little soul. Your faith has made you whole. we on your road and rejoice. And be happy in the Lord God. Sir, you believe God will heal that prostrate trouble? Been sitting there believing for a long time, haven't you? Am I a stranger to you? All right, it's over now. We're on your road. That little lady with her hand up to her mouth just then's got that archery trouble sitting there. If you believe with all your heart, you can go home and be well. Are you
2: believing? Just trust God and find out what he does.
0: You're here for somebody else. You believe God will tell me that somebody else is? If he does, will you receive it? It's your sister, she's in a hospital, and she's been operated on for her female glands. That's thus saith the Lord. If you want prayer too. It's for your foot and for your stomach. You got a nervous stomach, keeps you upset. You believe that with all your heart that God will make you well? Then go and receive it.
1: I challenge your faith.
0: How many believes? Raise your hands and say, I believe it. Just a moment. What about you in the wheelchairs? What are you there in a grace to look looking at me and sitting there in a wheelchair? You believe me to be God's servant? Would you obey oh me as his servant? Get up out of the wheelchair, take your wheelchair and go home. Don't doubt it. Rise up and take your wheelchair,
1: push it on out and go home. You believe? Me.